The Youthscape Podcast. Hello and welcome to a brand new, not repeat, edition of the Youthscape Podcast. Wow, this is really us and it's really you and I'm Rachel Gardner. Welcome back, Martin, welcome back. Yes, thank you, I'm Martin Saunders and uh, it is the, it's the autumn. It's the autumn, I love the autumn. The leaves are turning golden brown. they are. I think there's something, I don't know whether it's just because the calendar and we've been trained and socially conditioned to get a kind of a new blank sheet of paper in September, but I, there's something about early September that just makes me tingle. I love it. You like it? I love it. Newness, new things. Yeah. I remember like primary school, Mm -hmm. there was a, there were songs for, you know, there were songs about autumn leaves and things, weren't there? And there was a sort of, you'd always go outside and you'd make... Little dis- displays for the wall with yeah with, with, with leaves crusty and things, leaves, crinkly yeah. leaves, and your school uniform was always a little bit bigger because often you oh, were yes. brought the next size up, weren't you? Yes, you were in new shoes. Yeah, new I shoes. I don't know if any of you listening are in new shoes this morning. I, no, I'm I'm not in new shoes, but I love the thought of new shoes. Now I have to talk about your shoes. Oh yeah, talk about my shoes. Okay, so Rachel and I were speaking at an unnamed event over the summer <laughs> together, and one of my favourite moments, not favourite moments of the summer was seeing you introduced in 2019, Rachel, by your shoes. But to give them like their fair dues, I do make a massive song and dance about my shoes. I mean, I I do ask for it. Don't you think? I, I don't. I mean, those shoes. They're, they're mighty. Th- so let me just let me just. <laughs> they are heels for for the, yeah. for the for those listening that are particularly interested they're in high fashion. They're cowboy boot. They are, and they've got like mule sl- There's a two tone two tone thing going yeah. on. Yeah. So there's a white frontage. Yeah. Uh, and black. In a sort of crocodile yeah. uh, skin yeah. pattern. <laughs> no crocodiles were harmed no, in weren't. the making of these shoes. And then, uh, and then they're black at the back, and they sort of they so climb they up They your are leg. a mule cowboy boot mashup for anybody right. that knows their cowboy yeah. boot. And for mule. those that, that don't, it's a pair of shoes. A pair of shoes. They get me from A to B. But they no, do. come on, you were introduced yes. by your. I was. Now I let was. me ask you. This, yes. We're in 2019 yeah. now. How often does this happen that you are introduced <laughs> via the medium of your gorgeous appearance? Well, this is really interesting because I think I'm a little bit complicit in this. Like, I don't, you know, I do enable it a bit, don't I? So I'm really conscious Maybe. of that, that sometimes I'm a little bit of an enabler. I, I do kind of put on the ridiculous footwear. And partly wow. because I think it's quite fun, I'm quite creative, and I quite like, you know, I quite like that. But yes, you're absolutely right. I don't want anybody there to think, well, actually, if you're a female, and you need to be introduced in terms of your objective. Well, so here's a, there's an interesting case study here. Because yes. I was about to say, no one's ever introduced me by my appearance <laughs> or clothing. But then that's because I always wear essentially the same the thing. The same thing, yes. But, um, but I was just thinking, who do we know in the youth ministry world who has outlandish fashion choices? Mike Mar- Pilavarchi. Yeah, and Mark Scandrett. Oh yes, Mark Scandrett as yeah. well. So, so Mike Pilavarchi... I've never heard him introduced on stage oh. via his... Sh- no one's ever gone, hey, Mike wears these crazy shirts. That's a good point. And, no one's and ever crazy said sneakers. Hey, I'm massively into preacher sneakers right now. Which Preachers is and sneakers Instagram, Instagram feeds. And actually... Good to get this back in tenuous link back to youth ministry, which is Martin. That is what we're about. Oh, is that Come what on, remember? I thought this was a fashion podcast. No, about youth ministry. I, I actually do remember many, many years ago moving to North London and working in all the high schools in North London and just you know, realising a little bit of the culture that I was stepping into and, um, and suddenly making a decision that I was never going to buy anything or wear anything that the young people that I was working with couldn't afford. So, oh. um, and these were the days before we realised how horrendous um, some of the kind of the fast, fast fashion stuff yeah. was. So that it's pre that. But I was like, actually, I will only kind of get the clothes that young people that I work with would be able to get on a budget. And, and it was really interesting because I, so I didn't buy Ugg boots. I didn't buy things that were kind of going to be over 30 quid. And yeah, the fast fashion thing now has changed that a bit. Yeah. But it was really interesting thinking, what would it look like if the stuff that I had, I was, that I was, could access, was similar to the young people that I work with? It was a good, good challenge. But did you, in, in your teenage years, go through a phase of wearing an interesting oh, gosh, outfit yes. of some sort? I was a goth. Oh, full really? On, full on. I, thought, I think I've shared this before on the podcast. I know, but I, as we've famously, <laughs> have no memory, no memory of anything. Of my goth years. In fact, I was seeing, I saw Jim Partridge recently, and Jim of the Youth Work at the Conference days, those of yeah. you remember in Southport, and, and anyone that remembers Youth Work at the Conference days. This is before Youth Work Summit and the National Youth Ministry Weekend. Yeah. Do you remember it being held at Southport? Do you remember, Martin, oh, yeah. the show that our weekend always followed? 
Or, or the weekend after us, so it was no. always being advertised. No, no, what was it? I'm going to use a word that describes a part of a male anatomy. Oh, yeah. Oh, the oh, puppetry yes. of penis. Yes, the puppetry of the penis show. <laughs> so when we're running the youth at conference, there'd be posters all around the venue about this show. Do you remember that? Every year. Oh, yeah. It was just like, oh, my goodness. So, so yeah. this was where men would get up onto the platform know, what they do. at Southport Convention Centre, yeah. get their willies out and wave them around in front of everybody. I don't, is that what they And do? then the next weekend, they had the puppetry of the penis. <laughs> but oh, um, gosh, that was a good joke. Take that, Patreon again! <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? I have no idea. Yes, I was a goth. Oh. I didn't wash very much. I was massively into the cure. Jim Partridge was my friend. I blame him for all of that. And then we ran you for the conference together. Oh, <laughs> so I went through a phase. I'm now not rem- remember, blue. remember, remember, friends. I've got no memory. Okay. Like it's a bit sad watching me deteriorate. And you loved Michael Bolton. So I may so. well have told this story okay. or written about it, but <laughs> but it's a new season. So I gonna... went through a phase of wearing waistcoats. Did you? Yeah, way way before Gareth Southgate. Wow. When I was about fifteen, there was a TV program called Bread. Remember Brett? Yes, I do. Yeah. And uh, there was a there was a very cool guy on there. He wasn't the main cool guy, but he was the guy that I aspired to because he was an artistic poet guy. Yes. Adrian Boswell. No one remembers Adrian Boswell, but Adrian Boswell always used to wear a waistcoat. Oh, did he? And so I remember when I was 14, 15, I went down to Top Man and bought myself a couple That's of waistcoats. A bold choice. It was a bold move. And then I would go to, of course, Christian Youth Work uh, Youth Group, which was very forgiving. Yeah. And. Um, at, sporting, at, waistcoat. sporting my my waistcoat. <laughs> were you? Did you do anything else with it? Were you wearing it over a shell suit jacket, no, or no. were you going for like the check shirt and the cravat and the little peak cap? Were you a peaky blinder? I can't remember what else what, was going on. I was wearing nothing else. It was like ma- magic mic. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. I I think I was wearing a, a long sleeve t shirt. Probably. Probably underneath. Two tone. Yeah. Bell bottom jeans. Possibly global hypercolor. Ooh, Remember that? Oh yeah, you probably anyway, had some. What would Jesus do? I, I never went. What waistcoat would Jesus wear? <laughs> That's right. Brand. That's right. But I, there was also the the regrettable era in my life where I started to spell my name with a Y. <gasps> Martin. Yeah, yeah. Oh. There's, and there are still people Martin. occasionally on Facebook who I lost contact with when I was sixteen, who now go, "Hey, Martin with a Y." I'm like, "Oh man, oh. did I really do that?" But I think identity exploration, to get serious now, it is massive. I do think we do as teenagers, we as adolescents, we have to ask those big questions. And I think, and I think that's why we love youth work, isn't it? Because actually the young people we work with one day might suddenly rock up with a completely different outfit on um, that possibly is making someone in their home and family go, ah! And it's making us go, oh, wow, like, wow. you're trying this stuff out. Like, you're working out who where somebody else ends and where you begin. I think it's phenomenal. I love do you, it. When you see love young it. people wear clothing that you think oh gosh that's not a good look for you well, not not yeah. so not a modesty thing but no. you're like oh that's mm. not a good look Do, would you ever say anything would you ever pastorally get alongside and say i wouldn't wear the waistcoat martin no i don't think i would actually because i think without one to sound kind of supercilious i think i think when i when i was a teenager and i was going through some outrageous clothing choices Actually, I was incredibly fragile and quite vulnerable. And this was a way of me just trying to test people's reaction. Mm. So I think anything that would have come quite direct from someone I really trusted that was quite like that, I think I would have taken it. I think I, my personality, I would have taken quite a lot of shame from that. Yeah. Um, but, but I think what did help was having a few friends that let me try on their stuff. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think if it was, if somebody was putting themselves at risk by what they're wearing, I think I would address that. And uh, there was a young teenage lad that I was baptising who rocked up to his service to be baptised with a really sexually explicit slogan on his t-shirt. So to we, be baptised? So we delayed the baptism. We had a really good long chat. He went home, found something different to wear, baptised him something different. Wow. So I have got involved with that kind of stuff. But I think on the whole... I just, I think I'm going to see you beyond what you're, what you're wearing. That's okay. fine. That's so okay. I'm, can I now, Should I have talked to you about can I, you should. Someone should. Someone can should. I, can I push you even further oh dear, and ask know. you, this is the toughest question I'll ask you today, I promise. What? In 2019, if there's a member of your youth group, it's probably going to be a girl mm-hmm. who is wearing something that is quite revealing mm. to you. And it is, you know, so, so I think we went through a phase didn't we? Yes. If we were having this conversation yes. 20 years ago, we'd be yeah. saying, girls, do not lead the boys into sin. Yes. We've worked out that that's not smart. Yes. We've moved past that. But now, 
if you see somebody who's coming uh, to youth group dressed mm. really provocatively, mm. what what would you do mm. as the youth worker? So it's a context question, isn't it? Because I think if if a young person is wearing something that all of the, the people sharing their gender are all wearing the same thing, that's one issue. So mm. they're kind of they're part of a tribe. If they suddenly turn up and what they're wearing is so unage appropriate mm. and they are so sexualized mm. that raises flags doesn't it around what they might be experiencing or the abuse they might mm. be receiving mm. or what they might be perceiving they need to do to as a kind of barrier yes um so i think it is purely context i would never leave it i would definitely acknowledge it and there are some times that i've just written little things down and chatted to the rest of the team and said is there anything else behavior-wise going around this that we just need to be aware of because young people's behavior is communication isn't it so but i would never respond in a kind of that's bad behavior i'm going to address that or that's that's a sinful choice i'm going to address it. i would always address it from the point of view of what is this telling me about where mm. this young person's mm. at their kind of emotional state their mental state how, how they're shaping up their identity how they mm. feel they need to perform to be loved and accepted um, and I, th I do think this is the long journey of discipleship that you walk with young people and you just hang out with them and you kind of walk slowly with this rather mm. than this is what I expect from you. You need to come next week looking like this, not like that. And I think this is where we need to really um, work with our volunteers quite closely, actually. Mm. I oh, think, absolutely. I think sometimes it's the volunteer who... Um, who can sometimes inadvertently bring something into that mix that's quite unhelpful. Yeah, well, a lot of our volunteers... I've seen I love this. volunteers, and I am a volunteer. So yeah, yeah. So, nice uh, but but a lot of our volunteers have grown up because they tend to be older. Mm. That they've grown up in the era of um, victim yeah. blaming, really. Yes, yes. Which is which is where you sort of shame yes. somebody yes. for what leading thing? other people into yeah. you know temptation. Um, and so uh, so there is a little bit of course correction, especially yeah. if you've got someone in your group who's who's my age, yes. who's ancient. You know, yes. as, a, as a volunteer, you might just need to say, we don't say this yes. stuff anymore. Yes. And here's why. And I, I think, to get gendered about this, um, I, I, what I see is less around the amount of skin that's on display um, and much more, and I wear makeup, um, much more around how young people engage with makeup. So if a girl that I work with suddenly starts wearing loads of makeup and that kind of s serious sculpting, mm. where actually their face now looks like so Instagram ready. Yeah, makeup for Instagram. Yeah, that that kind of says to me, you're you know you're feeling completely that that you are just nowhere near beautiful after this world, and that that would want mm. I'd want to really get involved with that because actually that level of having to just cover and hide everything away just to be ready for any moment. I think that would pastorally I'd want to really get alongside a girl for that. This is why you are a youth worker and the author of <laughs> The Girl Deconstruction Project, now available in paperback. But I, there is a wrestle though because I do wear makeup and I do wear fancy shoes and I do perform quite neatly along quite stereotyped views of femininity and I have to watch that a little bit. I have to make sure that that actually I, my messages that I say don't inadvertently feed that, that I, that I kind of keep yeah. acknowledging. It's, you know, I'm not your example of being a woman. That's, this is and that's, one and that's way true. to do this. So I mentioned the, the book, not facetiously actually, yes. but that is still something we have to get yeah. past, which mm. is that people who, when, when we put people on our platforms, yes. we put last stages, we, make, yes. we give people a book, we've got to do away with the assumption that these people have got it all sorted. Mm. You are trying to point the way, but also mm. still be on the journey as you yes. lead yes. others on it. So yeah. it's really good That's to youth say that. ministry, isn't it? That's yeah. it. We have a wonderful guest today. Yes, we do. Ooh. Now, yes. in this new season, I'm not going to keep saying our guests are really special because I realise that like, the last two years, every guest is special. But, but now they'll feel bad. But if you've been listening back to earlier in the summer where we talk about the, um, the people in our lives that we really aspire to and, and they really inspire us, I'm about to interview one of the people I just think is phenomenal. She really inspires me. Yeah. Now, we She's had awesome. her on the uh, podcast very early on back in the day, didn't we? And and I think you say this on in the interview, but um, just to somehow weirdly throw ahead through time. Yes. You are about to say this in the interview. <laughs> that I, I recorded previously. Yeah. Um, but this is our this was our most downloaded podcast episode ever. It was, and there was like four minutes of her or something. Yeah. So yeah, I interviewed quite a few people. It's literally as the car engine is running. I'm like, quick, give me some stuff for you, focus. So this is the voice that I think we all want to hear. Shall we name who she is? If everyone knows. Yes. It's Christy Wimber, ladies and gentlemen. 
The amazing Christy yeah, Wimber. The amazing... Who is special, a very special guest. She's awesome and hilariously, I met her um, in King's Cross Station because she, she still is in the UK sort of visiting churches and, and doing lots of stuff. And her suitcase is the size of a person. It's, like, <laughs> it's hilarious because she's in, she's in the UK for a year, so good on her. But it's so funny having this interview and this suitcase is like literally there like a foreboding presence. So I felt like I had, I felt like I had you there, Martin, sat oh. silently and forebodingly next to us. So... That was a lovely moment. <laughs> Great. I don't know how to read that. No, I don't You essentially know. see me as the... It's all love. ...as the inanimate object. It's all love. Keeping us on you. track. <laughs> right. This is Rachel meeting the wonderful Christy Wimber. The Youthscape Podcast. So, Christy, thank you so much for meeting me in a very noisy corner of King's Cross. I'm going to put yep. the phone quite close to you. Okay. And uh, hopefully people will forgive us. Christy, I um, was delighted when you messaged me last night and said I'm passing through because your six minutes on the Youthscape podcast two years ago is still our most downloaded mm. interview. And mm. and I, I'm not gonna ask you why you think that is. I, I'm gonna give you my theory. Christy. Okay, so give my it theory to me. is number one, you're Christy and we love you. And number two, you come from the heart of the charismatic renewal vineyard family mm. where seeing miracles of healing. Yeah. It's normal to you, and yet you are now a, a key voice, mm. helping the church rethink mental health, healing, mm. wholeness. Yes. Does that resonate with you? Do you think that's well? I never would have picked it. It, it, would, it. I mean, I could see how people would be like, "Huh?" <laughs> um, but it's. I mean, if, if I really were to dissect sort of kind of what's happened and what is happening, I think, "Oh, isn't that the way that God works?" I mean, that's been part of our heritage and healing and seeing God move. But we should, with each generation, grow. And our theology should grow. And we are, you know, what was what was efficient for yesterday is deficient for today. So we just have to grow a little bit in every area of our life. So I think, oh, we've got to see what's happening with culture. Now look what's happening with culture. And our prayer models and the way that we do things, that must change as well for culture so that we can be effective. Mm. And we can help people. Because we can't help people if we don't change our models. We don't change, the, you know, the why we do it. But we, do, we need to change the how. Yeah. So that's how I see it. I guess, although you've said that so succinctly in a nutshell, that's so helpful. I guess it didn't happen overnight for you. Was no. there some deconstruction of yes. some of this? So what, yeah. what did that look like for you? Well, I mean, I feel like I've been, the last few years, definitely been in an unlearning. Like, uh-huh. I feel like I've just, you know, like, almost dissected my faith, unlearning so many things. I think, you know, especially when you've been raised in the church, you... First of all, you have to get your own faith. You can't have your parents' faith. You can't have, you know, what you've been told. You're, you're going to get to a point in your life when what you've been told, you're going to have to work it out for yourself on whether or not it's true. And I think I've done that throughout my, my life. But the last few years, this definitely has been a, a time where I'm like, wait a second. I've been told that was true in, in the church, but it's actually not reconciling in, in my heart. It's not who I am it's not what I believe and so there were several things that actually were just stretching my theology very uncomfortable because you get like oh no this is what I was taught and then you get fearful like what if I'm wrong or what if I'm disobeying you know all kinds of things but at the end of the day that deconstruction actually has enabled me to see things in a new light and in 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 the whole process of it I think my faith is ever so stronger in ways than it wasn't otherwise because it's I'm resigned to it and I've also resigned to a more fluid sort of if I if I'm questioning I'm wrestling with God that's actually normal Mm -hmm. and I think that that's what God's given us you know Jacob in the Bible wrestling is good yeah and um, so I've been a bit of a wrestling match, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Phenomenal. Mm. And as we're sat here outside a cafe in King's Cross, it feels like we have a third person at the table. We don't. Mm. It's just your luggage is mm. the size of a small human. <laughs> yes, I know. Because <laughs> you're so American. So you've I not understand. Come for a weekend, though, I repent. <laughs> I understand. It's like I have to, I feel like, yes, this is a trip where I have apologized for my luggage in every location you can I've been sleep to. In it, you? Well, you yes. Open it and well, to be honest with you, more birds have bigger luggage than that but i will say it's it's american luggage and but i'm here a month you're here a month so i'm here a month so 
context for yeah. what I'm doing. So actually, it's actually quite it's small. Not, there's not much stuff for a It's quite small, I would be but it does of... look like a, you know, a 12-year-old, the size of a 12-year-old. <laughs> you can put a smiley face on the top. Yeah. But I guess being here for a month, yeah. I mean, it kind of backs up what you're saying is that yeah. as you've done this deconstruction around what does the church understand healing and wholeness and mental, and mental health that look like, what does yeah. it mean? Then actually you're meeting other Christians that are going, oh yeah, actually yeah. we need to do that because we've been hurt or we've been the source of hurt for other people. Yeah. So what what are you seeing in a nutshell that the, the UK church, the, the, the church in the States, what's your heart for us? What is the key bit of thinking you feel the Spirit is putting his finger on and saying, that needs to shift, we think yeah. that? I think there's so many layers to it. I think the main thing when it comes to healing is we've got to stop and readjust. We've got to look at how we're doing things. Some of our methods and our methodologies, the way that we do things, um, is more damaging than helpful. I think, you know, we can actually, some of our platform ministry leaves out most of the people that are sitting there struggling because we're not giving voice to what needs to have voice. So the instant healing miracle, what we all love and that testimony, that actually doesn't fit really any of our lives if we're really going to be honest. Like, you know, I celebrate when God heals somebody instantly. I mean, we need to do that. But the majority of what people are struggling and living with and, you know, barely making it in some ways, you can't have the statistics on mental health and not acknowledge that within the church. And so my hope in having that conversation is, first of all, we've got to just stop and be willing to adjust. So when I'm when I'm saying I've had to unlearn some things and I've had to adjust and I've had to say, okay, well, we've done really well in this, but we really need to change this if we want to be more effective. You'd be surprised how, how um, addicted the church can get to formula, you know, what's worked in the past. That would be my, my first hope. My second hope is that the church will actually, in the listening, that we will, you know, right now the church is not really known for what we're for. We're more known for what we're against. We've got to change that. We've got to change that. Actually, the church isn't the safest place that we think it is. Because right now, I think when I look at the, the larger church, if you, if you just look at it for a little bit, it's a lot of the church talking about the church. And the Bible says it's actually not the church that tells us how we're doing. It's the world that tells us how we're doing, right? And right now, the world is not inviting us into things. And if we're going to be influential in actually bringing Christ, which I believe that's the aspect and the call of what we are as a church, well, then we have to be present. And we're not going to be invited to be present if if our theology overrides our love. Yeah. And if we're, if our judgments and our way of doing things is more, ex, you know, exclusive rather than inclusive, it's that balance, isn't yeah, it? It's sort of like, how do we do this really absolutely. well, and how do we make it safe for people? Lovely. I was um, chatting with my other American friend. There's yes. two of you. There's two of us. <laughs> David Kinnaman this week had come over this week, and he said young people need to not only know is Christianity true, but is it good? Yeah. And that's what it's in life. Absolutely. Life. Yeah. yeah. Like, why would I give my life to this? Yeah. We have to re- we have to ask ourselves that question. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Like, why am I giving myself to this? Mm. You know, why would I, you know, travel around Europe with, you know, a massive bag for, you know, a month? Yeah. You know, why am I really doing this? And I think we gotta we gotta ask ourselves that question again, and not get so stuck in, oh, hey, this is actually. We sometimes confuse big with success. And I think that the rethinking, the reevaluating, and just stopping for a second, saying, wait a second, like, are we even connecting with people in healthy ways? And are even young people buying into, do they actually want to be a part of this? And if they want to be a part of this, why? And if they don't, why not? We have to ask those questions. And we are the ones that are called to adjust. And that's what I think is hard for the church. It's not like, oh, you know, we lower our theology or we change what we, what we do in the sense of what we believe but come on like if you want to reach people you got to lower yourself mm-hmm. and you got to be willing to go places that you you maybe mm-hmm. normally weren't willing to go before mm-hmm. and I think that's that's what the I, my hope is and I guess the with the mental health 
piece that you, and we're going to talk about your book in a minute, but you talk about so brilliantly, is actually the, the reality that so many of us as leaders and lay people, that is exactly where we're at. We struggle yeah. with anxiety, we struggle with doubt yeah. and fear, and, yeah. and some of us have diagnosable mental health conditions, and yet we are fully surrendered to Jesus. And, and so as you say, actually, the reality is that there is an instantaneous healing, yeah. but actually there's a journey of wholeness. Let's come on to that in a minute. But I'd like to ask you, so you're being listened to by um, leaders who are, um, have given their lives to youth ministry, they're real yes. thought leaders in that area. There's big debates all around the world about why is it that in 2019 mental health is such at such a crucial tipping point for young people. There's so there's so many young people presenting with mental health issues. Just out of interest, what would be your perspective on this? Why what why is that the case? Are we diagnosing it more? Are we more aware? Is there more factors that are damaging young people? What would you put it down to? I'd probably say all of those things, absolutely. I mean, somebody asked me the other day, is mental health new? And I said, well, no, because we're body, soul, and spirit. So, of course, it's not new. What's new is that, one, we're, we're seeing that what's happening in culture is affecting our youth. It's affecting how we live. You can't take terrorism. You can't take fear. You can't take trauma. You can't take how the world is digressing in different ways and not have that affect our mental health. That's what we're dealing with. So I think a lot of things that are on the rise, that's one factor. Because when you have fear, all kinds of things come into play. And it affects our emotional well-being. Plus, I also think our technology is, is a wonderful thing. Like, there's a great side to technology. And then there's the other side where it's actually wiring brains. And it's actually causing all kinds of, I think, you know... Um, ways of living that probably you know we didn't, we obviously didn't have years ago and then you, you put on that on top of that you have you know you have quick access to pornography I mean you have to go get a magazine you know years ago yeah. in my day now it's like you, all you have to do is flip your phone yeah. on so it's sort of like I think all of those factors are playing a health in our mental health is that there's so much easy quick quick um, sort of release yes of you know anything that you're feeling like you need and whether yeah. any kind of addiction you can have it in such a moment and I think that's what's playing on our mental mm. health and it's one thing to say no to something from a distance but when it's constantly at you 24 mm. 7 uh, it's wiring your brain yeah. and also the temptation makes it different and you and it just it, it affects our wholeness yeah, absolutely. and I think I think all those factors are, are probably a part of it I think traditionally as well, and just the last 10 years, as we as youth workers woke up to how pressing an issue this is for young people, initially there's that sense of slightly, it's like adolescent blaming, so that sense of, well, if young people just put their phones down, if they just stop doing this, then yeah. everything will be okay. I think we've moved out of that and we're aware that actually, yeah. you know, the young people... Because the adults who, are doing it too. Yeah, so they didn't create Love Island, they didn't create WhatsApp, they yeah. didn't create all the stuff that yeah. they're having to deal with. I'd love to ask you specifically, how how can we spiritually care for young people in this age? There's some great resources and great thinking around and um, you know, great ways to help young people disconnect from technology or understand, become anxiety resilient. But in terms of our spirituality, what how, you know, we, we go to scriptures that was written eons ago. Paul was not talking to you. He, he couldn't imagine a world where you would be sharing your faith online or dealing with lots of temptations online or coping with mental health issues in the way that we are today. What, how do you develop a spirituality of mental wholeness in this space? I mean, Christian, I'm going to sit back now and give you three hours. Okay. Well, I, want, I want it all. I mean, but, <laughs> how do we do this as Christian leaders, as yeah. faith formers? Well, I mean, first of all, I think, I mean, like, I've never seen youth ministry as a stepping stone. I've never seen it as a, oh, I'm going to do this so that I can get to the real position of what's influential in the church. Like, I think that's wrong. I think that, that, I think the people that are called to youth ministry should be okay with that (laughs) and should build with that because at the end of the day, the pay is the same. It doesn't matter your, your, you know, your title or what you're doing. And I think because we've kind of, in the church where we've made that structure, where we've devalued youth leaders in ministry, then it doesn't become attractive where people think, oh, I can actually do that long term. When in fact, God calls us to different positions. And so being called to the youth, I think a big part of mental well-being with the youth is that people that are called to the youth should be called to the youth. 
be called to it do it well do it really well and stick with it and and don't feel like what you're doing is less than you've got to see it as you're actually forming culture for what's going to be our leadership in the coming years and so I think for us as the church and other positions we need to recognize that we need to acknowledge that we need to invite youth leaders into um, meetings and at the table where we're saying where we're asking the question how do we work together and how do we serve so that we're we're not actually just oh you're you're 12 now now we're gonna enter your life no we do that from from infancy we bring them in you know you like I taught my kids to hear God's voice when from the very beginning of their when I could it's like this is who God is this is how you have to hear him for yourself so I think we need to do that in the church when it comes to youth ministry and and that the children's ministry with the with the college and university and all of that work we're losing people because we're not having um we're we're killing our youth leaders first of all yeah and we're not investing in them like we're investing in other parts and i think that's wrong because mm. i think why would we not invest in our future that doesn't even make any sense you'd invest in a pension mm. and um but the other side of that is when the youth leaders are in that they actually have the needed tools that they have the needed education that they can like go sit at a conference and be I don't know how to say this in another way but be treated as equal among their peers and leadership within the church and then we're empowering them and equipping them where they can actually do life alongside because that's the thing with youth ministries that they do life alongside of these kids and I think that's where wholeness and well-being takes Mm -hmm. place that's where it happens it happens in our interactions it happens where you have somebody that loves you that is for you that is calling you on yourself most people don't have a mother or father these days and the church has these massive opportunities to be that like you know at these moments during the week maybe even just one moment a week it's a big deal it's a really big deal and I think that whole call of being able to you you saved kids and not only that, you save them for their future where they know how the, they themselves can become mothers and fathers mm. and do life really well. And I think where, the, where family, in the natural where it's not happening, the church has to take its, its place. Yeah. And that's what's happening, to, I think, with the young people is that there's like everybody's all over the place. Like the church needs to step in and we need to, where we don't step in, we're not influencing we need to do that by how we love them and how we make space for them yeah. and I, that's what brings healing it, you know it's still humanity the same conditions of the, they just need to be accepted yeah. and loved and cared for yeah and that somebody actually you know cares about their life yeah absolutely that's, you know what that's I mean? beautiful and thank you for being a champion and every time I've heard you speak I've always heard you be a champion for youth ministry and young mm. people even before it became you know popular for the national international leaders to do that thank you Christine mm. just a couple of last questions really um to get really granular now that's my word I love granular okay, and um, a young person approaches us and says I'm just I just feel so depressed I just I just want God to heal me about this you know I just yes. feel anxious all the time I mean for, for many of us as youth workers that's where the rubber hits the road yeah. because we we just we want to build the capacity for faith that God can do anything, but also, as you say, that deep compassion that says this is a long journey and wholeness doesn't always look like instantaneous healing. Right. How? What are your sort of pointers? How do we pray for that young person? How do we talk to them about? What, yeah, well, we got to talk. Like we have to talk. We can't like ignore things. They're not going to go away. Just time doesn't heal stuff. That's a lie. Time doesn't heal things. Um, we have to we have to engage we have to communicate we have to acknowledge what's actually happening we have to talk about sex we have to talk about transgender we have to talk about you know what these kids are are facing and living with every day and we have to talk about their own their own mental illness and we have to break stigma for them as much for us like stigma is not going to be broken until we actually bring it to the light and we talk about it like we would talk about heart disease or we would talk about a broken leg, you know? It's like we we categorize things and then with that stigma, it, it creates a shame and it creates an isolation. That's why I wanted to write about it because I'm like, this is, it's, it's all interlinked actually, to be honest. Um, it's all interlinked. And so I think the more that we talk about it, the more it's sort of like, no, you're okay. You're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, moments, you know, feelings pass in moments, moments by moments. We think it's forever. 
But you know, when you're having an anxiety attack, you think it's forever. And you need to know that how you feel, especially suicidal ideologies, we have to talk about suicide. You know, the things that you're thinking about right now, that, that, that feeling will pass. You have, to have, you have to hold on. We have to talk about suicide. We're young people. Like, if, you, if that's something that you're struggling with, those thoughts, you have to get a support system around you because that's actually the support system that will save your life. And so you have to think about it like that. But if we don't talk about it, how can we equip it? So I think that's, like, the first step, right? Um, is that we just have to break the stigma off of things. And then in praying, I just think, oh my gosh, like you have to share your own struggles. You have to share your own vulnerabilities. It's, as a leader, it's horrible. Let me just tell you, like I'm, like, I'm not gonna be honest. I mean, it's so, sometimes I just feel like, oh my gosh, Lord, this is so, but it's the same thing that Apostle Paul talked about. Like, Lord, can you just take this away from me? And he didn't. You know, Paul had that thorn in his side. It, it, yeah. Translated, that means an excruciating pain doesn't say what it was it could have been a person people are painful like that I think you know it could have been a mental illness it could have been something that was haunting him and um, and I think what we need to do is we need to realize that we are in a battle and there's gonna be days when we we pray and we feel God and we know God's right there and there's some days where God just he does remove that the pain and he does calm us and he does bring healing and there's other days where he's like no Actually, I just want you to know I'm with you, but it's, he's not removing it. And you have to let people know, especially young people know, that just because that's happening doesn't mean that you're any less. It's not a faith issue. It doesn't mean that you don't have less faith in God. It's just the reality of what you're living in and the hardship of what you're living in. And um, I think the more that we normalize that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. then we actually make it easier for people to become yeah. safe to share their own struggles. That's powerful. And, and I, that's that's ministry, yeah, actually. That yeah, That's ministry just as much as the person that you pray for, you so know, we, for the cancer yeah. to be gone. And instinctively we get that, but somehow hearing it again from others is real permission giving, actually, isn't it's permission. it? Because to say, actually, I want to sit in that space of pain. Yeah. Thank you. And, and also, lovely yeah. listener, yeah. in the middle yeah. of that, yes. Rachel's came out offering us oh, yeah. amazing uh, food. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, we need to keep doing this, but it smells so nice. Um, so, so your book then. So tell yes, us yeah. about your book. It's called Wholeness. Yeah. Um, well, who's publishing it? How can we hold uh, it? Lion Monarch. Lion Monarch. 999 yeah. paperback. And I have to say... There are some books that come our way as, as youth ministers because it's kind of like full front and center youth ministry stuff. Make sure you get hold a copy of this. This is the kind of book that will really develop our thinking and our practice, even though it's for a much broader audience. But um, you wrote this because you just wanted to kind of condense the stuff that you've been thinking about for a while. Is that yeah. what's behind this? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Catherine Welby, you know, yes, Roberts and I, some, yeah, yeah, we were doing some events together yeah. on this whole subject. and. And, um, and it's just so helpful for people, yeah. like, and it just took off in so many different ways. And, um, and there were so many th- other things that I felt like I was seeing and that, and that I felt like the Lord wanted me to talk about it. Yeah. That's what it was. And I just felt like, oh, we got to write, let's write about this. It'll be easier. Like, let's write yes, it down and good. give it to people. Good. And, um, but in the process of that, there were other things I thought, well, let me address addiction in the church and let right. me address some other things like shame and isolation yeah. and also how to trust God when you don't get healed. And there's a chapter in there that I wrote on, if God heals, then why am I still sick? And I think I think that's honestly what we feel. Like, why does God heal this person and not heal me or the person that I love? And I think asking those questions is okay. And I want, like you said, I want to give permission for these conversations. I want to give permission for us to talk about things that we don't talk about in church because we're never going to see real healing like we're supposed to see until that begins to happen. Yeah, absolutely. So my suggestion is, because obviously as youth workers we all have massive budgets, so my suggestion is get two copies, one copy for you mm. and one copy to give to your church leader because mm. this is the kind of stuff that we want to really infiltrate the whole of church culture, don't we? So mm. amazing. Thank you, Christy. Oh, thanks for as having me. As you tour Europe with your child. <laughs> yes, I know. Thank you so much. And thank you for just prioritising in the middle of the madness this mm. opportunity to talk to youth oh, ministers. And we really appreciate it. Thank so you. how can we get more of you in our life? My privilege. Have you got a blog? Have you got a yeah. website? I have a website, yeah. christywimber.com. But brilliant. yeah, you know what? On that website, there's massive amounts of free yes, resources yes. on mental health, youth and mental yeah. health. I mean, you Good. name it, things that we've talked about, it's all there. for free. And, and it's you're all on there. UCB radio, aren't you? On I MTV, am on all kinds so. of whatever. We can find you. <laughs> Google you and we'll find you. Bless you. Yeah. 
It's the Youth Gay Podcast. You ready? Fantastic interview, Rachel, and uh, producer Rachel has just uh, informed me that if you do a Google image search of Christy Wimber, you get two pictures of you what? and one picture of Boris Johnson. What? <laughs> so, Sorry. That's why I talk about you all the time, Christy. That's why. And Boris? I think Christy. No, I don't talk about Boris. Good grief. Boris, I liked your bikes. Let's just leave it at that. Boris bikes in London were good. Wow. Anyway, back to Christy Wimber. It's a good yes. into, isn't it? It's Great good interview. stuff. Yes. Yeah. And, um... Probably the most interesting line for me, the thing that jumped out, was this idea that um, wrestling with God, as ja- you know, as Jacob did, uh, wrestling with God is normal. Mm. And there's, there's been a bit of an awakening in the church in the last sort of uh, few years mm. about the fact that, that we're, we're all carrying stuff, we're not perfect, and there's going to be a bit of a wrestle. But I thought she, she put that really well. And it feels like she's seen this sort mm. of firsthand. She's not... She's not somebody coming at it from a, a sort of a scientific uh, obs- observation perspective mm. or, or just making grand pronouncements as a, a leader who's written a book. She actually seems to get up close with people. Yes. Is that right? Yes, and she's Christy Wimber. So people know her as part of the beautiful family dynasty that, that kind of reintroduced us passionately to the fact that Jesus wants to heal us. Mm. So coming out of that heart where she is absolutely still holding on about talking about wholeness and well-being and healing but also asking how does that sit alongside you know chronic pain and the fact we're living in a world where people do suffer and mental health is a real reality and we pray and pray and ask Mm. God to heal us and yet people still experience depression so I think Mm. there's such a raw reality that's that beautiful sense of bringing scripture to life in today because I think so many of us and people around the world have been hurt haven't they in churches where you know God's given us a sound mind. So if you have bipolar, then obviously, you know, you've not mm. accepted. Mm. And that kind of mess and pain and, and, and a horrible way that scriptures are used against people mm. with men, poor mm. mental health. So I think, so, so for me, it, it feels really powerful coming out of her heart because I've been in plenty of meetings where I've seen God use her powerfully to heal people visibly mm. in front of my mm. eyes. Like mm. she's not unused to healing. She knows God can do anything. Mm. And yet she sits there saying, but I also know there are times where he doesn't. Mm. And I think God also uses the NHS and counselling and therapy and yeah. the support of a loving community to bring wholeness and healing. Like, coming from her, that's, well, that, that's see, so good. I don't know if this is a shift in the vineyard over the last, a, a sort of maturing of the theology of healing in the vineyard, or whether it's always been there, because I'm not enough of a John Wimber mm. uh, expert to know that. Um, I am a big vineyard fan, mm. and I, I hear this time and time again in the vineyard, this kind of theology of healing, mm. which is that if um, if they're miraculously healed in a tent, fantastic. If somebody is healed by going to uh, the doctor and then getting a referral to a surgeon mm. and then completely being restored that way, that is also a miraculous healing. Mm. And that's also covered by God's goodness and God's grace. Mm. And, uh, and I think that's brilliant. And I think, you know, sometimes when people outside the church look on and hear us talk about healing, they don't grasp that. Yeah. But also, I'd say m- much of the time people inside the church yeah. don't grasp that that's an yes. okay, that's yes. a good theology yes. of healing and God being involved in everything. Yeah. It's great. And that's and it's for our young people who are, you know, at the moment, just the mental health crisis, 200,000 young people in the UK you know, turned away from um, mental health services last year. You know, they're just, it's, there's a ticking time bomb. There's, there's, you know, loads of stuff that we're really concerned about. So we as youth workers, whether we're working in a setting where it's overtly Christian or we're working in the homeless shelter or in local schools, we, we've got to get a handle, really, of what do we really believe God can do or God's presence can bring to a young person who's really suffering with poor mental health. Like, what because we don't want to engage kind of a pseudo-positive thinking. And we also don't want to say, well, actually, there's no, there's, there's no link between faith and the, yeah, there's mm-hmm. nothing that the Bible or that Christianity can bring to this young person who's in a secure unit or who's you know, suffering with severe mental health issues. But we have to be really wise in how we handle scripture and leave space for the divine element, that God, you can do anything. And even as we upskill ourselves around this and we become great at signposting young people to brilliant services and we champion services and we lobby local government for better, you know, more provision for young people, we also have people that hold the space for what God alone mm. can do. Mm. We, keep, mm. we keep allowing young people to kind of to hope that mm. God could do more. 
and I think that somehow that's that's a tricky space for us. I think yeah. previous generations of youth workers didn't have to quite do it in the same way that we do today. No. I think it's different. No, but it's good that we've made the leap. It's yes. good that we've started yeah. to understand young people's mental health better and their emotional well-being better yeah. and also our role in that. I mean, yes. you know, the, young people had all these mental yes. health issues yes. in the 80s, 90s, you know, and, and before. Um, but maybe the church wasn't as well equipped mm. to, to help respond to them. And mm. there was either suffering in silence or mm. um, they had to have things dealt with outside of their, their faith mm. and, and their church. Mm. I need to tell you about a new thing that we've made at Youthscape. Oh, a new shiny thing. A new shiny thing. Um, so we've just created a new edition of our um, resource, which is called Shuffle. Uh, and Shuffle came out a couple of years ago. It is a, um, a resource you give to a young person after they've just had a big spiritual experience, like becoming a Christian mm. or um, deciding they want to um, explore faith a bit more. And it's 42 days um, of worth of cards. You play a card a day, and each day you get a, a challenge and a, a little Bible verse and a prayer to help you explore the Christian faith in a different way. Um, we've now created a new version of that called the Shuffle Mindset Edition, which is all about... Um, designed to help build young people's emotional well-being and resilience. So the idea then is you take a card each day and you have an activity to do there that just promotes healthy well-being and, again, strengthening resilience. And it's simple stuff, again, based on, um, you know, some of the thinking that's gone into our Headstrong Journal, which we, we, we brought out a few months ago, um, about some of our theology around healthy well-being and where faith intersects with that. But... Um, it is designed for you to give to any young person. So there's no, there's no kind of Bible in there. There's nothing overt. There's no telling you to go off and pray. Uh, It is designed for all young people. Mm. Um, And uh, there is actually on the, so on the one side of the card, there's a, um, uh, a a challenge for the day. On the other side of the card, there's a, uh, a a sort of uh, a phrase which is based on ancient wisdom. Mm. Now, what we've done there, obviously, mm. is we've taken a, yeah, a verse, a verse yeah. of, of scripture and then slightly rewritten it into yeah. youth-friendly language. Um, but they, they're all designed to be sort of Instagrammable yeah. um, you know, phrases and thoughts for the day. Mm. So, um, so the idea is just to gently drip-feed a bit of biblical wisdom into awesome. the lives of all young people. Awesome. And then I guess my secret hope is that Mindset Shuffle becomes a sort of gateway drug yes. <laughs> for the other the other shuffle yeah because uh, if they enjoy doing that yes. they'd also enjoy this practice to explore the christian well it's faith. immersive isn't it it's i mean it's what romance academy has always sought to do the questions that are leading young people at the moment are not questions around faith and afterlife and destiny they're questions that are a little bit more close to home about yeah. relationships and how i feel and well-being and actually when you begin to help young people find tap into that and find the language to explore that mm. then actually that is you're kick-starting a journey that they long to be on we're not forcing young people down these Right. avenues you're saying here's a way of doing that oh that's awesome so if you're I interested see it. i do think it looks amazing i was very excited about it if yes. you're interested in getting a copy yes you can head to the brand new youthscape <gasps> website it's very shiny it's beautiful uh, and it's at youthscape.co.uk forward slash store love it uh, and there you will find the shuffle mindset awesome that is awesome is there anything else you want to talk about in this one like youth work sunday oh yeah we do need to talk about youth work sunday i would love to talk about youth work sunday Go on, because then. i think over the 20 years that I've been a youth worker, one of the conversations, so one of the conversations that really inspires me is how, how do we in, inspire all churches to love young people, pray for young people, even if they don't have young people as part of their church, just love their community. And how can we resource yeah. churches to work well with the young people they have? But also there's an ongoing kind of like back conversation about is faith, are faith communities really good news for young people? Mm. Like, is, isn't it, haven't we got to an age where we're such a secular state that really any kind of faith community is brainwashing the rest of it? And I'm passionate that Christian communities are really good news for young people. Now, we know that yeah. not every church has a good track record of that. We know that. But wouldn't it be incredible if over the next few years, actually, we could help all churches say, we are good news. If any young person walks in our door... Yeah in a point of crisis or they've just moved in, they're a bit curious, that, that they find here people that love them well and serve them well and are in tune with their needs. They're not experts, but they just care for young people. So Youth Work Sunday is one of those projects that's come out of that heart. We want to see more churches 
actively reaching and discipling young people. But we also want to be sending the message to the wider community that people who love Jesus are really good news for young people's emotional health and physical health and spiritual health. So you can find out all this about this stuff on our website and there's a pack that we've created in partnership with other wonderful organisations that can enable you on, what is the date? Martin, tell me the date. The 22nd of September. 22nd of September to either do a whole Sunday service takeover or just a little nugget in your service to really inspire your congregation with stories of hope and to get them praying for young people. And there are many ways you could do it. If you have young people in your church, train them up, support them, get them delivering this stuff. If you are a church that has a number of young people and you could maybe go and visit other churches in your area that day that maybe don't have any young people and say, look, this is what God is doing. Will you pray for us and will you get excited about your area? So let's let's get really excited about what we could inspire the church to. And I, I heard recently this great phrase, Martin. You get a little taste of something that gives you a taste for something. Mm. Could you imagine if churches on that date, individuals get a little taste for for, or mm. the taste of, oh, a church that has young people in it yeah. and leading it and thriving. Mm. Mm. Gives them a taste for, well, let's pursue that. Let's look at what we could do more. So that's my that's my hope, really. That's great. So you can find out all about it on our website, youthscape.co.uk slash Sunday. Now, it is only 13 days away as, mm-hmm. we, as we record yeah. this. So you may not be able to take over the entire... If you haven't, yeah. ...entire service. But maybe you can get something in there just yes. to name check the fact that it's Youth Work Sunday and then in 2020 come back big and strong to vote an entire service to it. Brilliant. We've got some shout outs, new shout outs for this new season. New shout outs. I, I am now, Martin, my family and I are now living in Preston in the mighty northwest. Right. Mighty northwest. So I would like to give a shout how out do to they, the city How do they Preston. talk in Preston? Can you do an accent? Oh, no. I. I if I did, I think they would actually chase me. That's out what of I was trying to do. I know. I so said I'm not going to give it a go. I was I'm trying not going to stitch gonna... you up. They had the most beautiful accents in Preston and Lancashire hot pot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, it was good. It's very peppery, but anyway. <laughs> All right. So hello to the people of Preston. Yes. Uh, hello to uh, my friend Joe Taylor. Uh, who is making the list purely... Uh, she's been in youth ministry for yeah, like 100 years. Amazing. Or as long as I have, anyway. Uh, and uh, she uh, sent me a big parcel of sweets and chocolates today. Oh, it's today. a low bar, isn't it, really? And, uh, and therefore, she's on the shout-outs list. Well, it wasn't just for me. It was for the entire Youthscape team. But that's how you get on the shout-out yeah. list. Just <laughs> saying. And then Alan Gould. You've been a faithful listener for a long time, Alan. Love Alan. We love Alan. Thank you for all your little tweets. He listens to loads of podcasts, not just ours. I always think when someone's a proper podcast listener. Yeah, they listen to a lot. And they listen to lots of podcasts. And we make their list. That's quite amazing, isn't it? That's a high bar. Is it a pity listen, do you think? Do you think it is? Oh, I better better listen to those Let us know, Alan, if it's a pity (laughs) listen. And finally, uh, uh, hello to Gareth Crispin who I have noticed often tweets about the podcast. He does. And so we're going to say hello to you. Yeah, hi, Gareth. Gareth. So, friends, September the 9th, or whatever date you're listening to, I hope this feels like a new beginning for you. Go get that new sheet of paper. Get those new shoes on. Shoes? New sheet of paper, blank sheet of paper, new shoes. Get your new shoes Do you on, think I should everything's get gonna be right. A new waistcoat. I think you need to get a new waistcoat. One that has like a different pattern inside. Oh, paisley. Like, like a Christmas, paisley on Christmas the inside. Christmas trees on the inside. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Take care, I'm off to Top Man. Goodbye. <laughs> The Youthscape podcast is free and it always will be free, but you can support us by going to patreon.com forward slash youthscape.